Hello lovelies, this is your host, Mick Spellmar again, and I'm releasing a special episode today. This is the episode that I recorded with the amazing Arlene Caffrey, who is a polar, a feminist, all-around amazing human. And I'm releasing this episode today because it is Arlene's birthday. And I thought, what better way to celebrate such an amazing person than to release the episode of the conversation that we had together. My podcast is still very much on hiatus while I decide the direction that I'm going to go. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this episode. So sit back, relax and enjoy a wonderful conversation. Hi and welcome back to Fishnets and Philosophy. I am your host Mix Bell Morrigan and today I am joined by the fabulous Arlene Caffrey who is the mastermind behind the Irish Pole Dance Academy. Um, so to kind of um, jump in if you just want to introduce yourself um, anything you'd like people to kind of just generally know about you. Hi Belle and thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Um, yeah, <laughs> been following your work for a while, so a bit of a fan. Thanks for having me on. Mm, fan girl moment. Uh, yeah, so a bit about me. My name is Arlene. Um, I'm from County Louth, so hopefully people can understand my accent. Uh, apologies to those of you at home who are like, oh, she's saying book wrong. <laughs> it will come out for certain words. Um, yes, I am the owner of Irish Pole Dance Academy, which is a pole dancing studio. Um, which is situated in Dublin and also online all over the internet. Um, so yeah, let's dance. Perfect. That was fantastic. And I think kind of jumping in there, as you said, you're with the Irish Pole Dance Academy. I think one of the, a good place to jump off, because what we're also going to be talking a lot about this episode is kind of generally just kind of feminism and pole, because they're two things that you're very passionate about. And I think it's very interesting that it was only a few weeks ago you were on the Ireland AM morning show, weren't you, to kind of talk about pole, but also your studio. So maybe you just kind of talk about what that experience was like, kind of trying to push pole, I guess, into more of a mainstream audience. Yeah, um, I think I broke the internet with that <laughs> video clip I shared from that interview. Um, so Ireland AM, for people who might not be in the know, it's like a general morning chat show like very mainstream and pretty much the picture you have in your head of it is you know what it's like it's like oh my god love island and you know things that are trendy and run-of-the-mill stuff um yeah so they have me on pretty much like every year to talk about pole dancing it usually comes around september when it's like back to fitness time um and yeah i'm no stranger to i suppose mainstream media and i've been gosh interviewed more times than i can count on radio newspapers and all of that so uh yeah and there's always i don't think i've ever been interviewed mainstream wise and not had it uh, put to me like oh but you know pole dancing is associated with strippers right that's kind of sleazy isn't it and this what you're doing is not sleazy right and it's kind of like <laughs> weird apologetic like way of trying to justify it and you know oh god um yeah so it's gotten to the point now where i'm just quite happy to be like yeah, look, it is invented by strippers and I'm okay with that. And honestly, I'm quite thankful for it. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't be doing the job I'm doing today were it not for um, 
yeah, stripper is bringing pole dancing into it the kind of more like fitnessy sort of or making it a pastime for people to enjoy and not have to perhaps you know enroll um in working as a stripper so it's nice that we have that choice now and um <laughs> i also <laughs> wanted to like call a spade a spade because i'm just so sick of being asked that question um yeah well if you have a problem with pole dancing like it's not pole dancing and me standing here in a bikini that you have an issue with it's probably just more the fact that you're like oh my god i'm so uptight and just don't like the idea of someone being confident in their body and in their skin ah i am offended outrage brigade so um i just wanted to put that to the notice and be like look you're not mad at me sit with yourself and see what you're really mad about if you're if you have a problem with this exactly 100 i think that's really like you said it's what it comes down to it's almost like this moral panic type thing of like oh no people can't you can't be doing that it's like trying to judge one type of thing and trying to justify something else it's almost when I watched that clip <laughs> when Alan kind of put that question to you it was just it was like literally watching in real time the equivalent of the hashtag not a stripper like it was literally like that type like like watching it in real time someone just making that like kind of like mental gymnastics that kind of go yeah but it's not that though and that's bad but what you're doing is okay and it's just yeah like I just um want to kind of like maybe jump in there like how important generally do you think it is like to kind of acknowledge that poll does come from sex work to acknowledge the relationship with sex work and to uplift your you know the sex your sex worker sisters Mm, yeah it's something that's hugely important to me and now more than ever and i'm also quite happy to admit and be like look i was that person when i first started pole dancing be like no but like i'm not a stripper and you know God, like I was kind of one of them, but it was before hashtags were a thing. So never use a hashtag. Woohoo, lucky me. But yeah, it was very from my own experience, it has been very squirty from the get-go. Um, mm. there seems to be an opinion that like it's a newer thing that people are getting squirty about pole dancing um as a as a hobby or a pastime or whatever you want to call it. But um yeah, I've seen it from day one. Um like back when I started it was whole fitness was what it was being called and it was very mm. much about like let's wear runners um like we're not strippers blah 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 we're here to do a workout woo and it's being structured like a gym class even though <laughs> like we would be gyrating with the pole and like doing moves at lightning speed it was it was a bizarre situation i wish i had videos from that time but again it was before smartphones were thing too <laughs> So, uh, yeah, like, I'm quite happy to say, like, I did kind of slide into that mentality from just pure ignorance, really, um, was my reason for thinking that way. And because it was also being a narrative that was fed to me of, like, oh, no, no, like, what we do is fitness and what strippers do is wrong and it's dirty and people who do pole dancing in heels and other studios is also wrong and bad and shameful and we want pole dance to be an Olympic sport. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Um so yeah like it's obviously massively problematic and i suppose for me like the way that i learned to do better was by um talking to more people who were doing pole dancing or teaching it who happened to be like currently working as strippers or ex-strippers who explained to me or like kind of challenged me they're like well why is it an issue to you that like Mm. you don't want to be associated with us like what's 
what's wrong with it and then once I kind of started to think about it and be challenged like actually like I don't have a problem with strippers I have a problem with uh, my own sexuality and the way that I identify with with sex um, mm. it's basically what it boils down to it's my own prudishness and my own feelings of inadequacy I guess in the ways that I didn't match up to what I thought was expected of me which mm. you know it's hardly surprising given that here in Ireland we live in a society where like if you're sexual or if you behave like a slut you know bad things are going to happen to you yeah <laughs> like you're either going to have to go to England to sort it out and be like blacklisted forever more as like that girl who you know had too much sex um and also at the same time like yeah it's almost like there's binary choices almost like oh if you're a bookish nerd then you can't be like sexy and powerful and there's all these just bullshit ideas and i do swear so i hope that's oh swearing is 100 percent allowed on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) i i wouldn't be here if i wasn't able to swear (laughs) um but no just uh jumping in there like firstly i just want to say like i'm just loving everything you're saying also just purely from the fact that just being able to acknowledge that you know you previously like just as a person as a general human thing being able to acknowledge you know what i previously held kind of slightly problematic shitty views and i know that they were problematic and this is you know the work i've put in to kind of over you know to change and and get it right and you know be better like i think just hearing you saying that is just really like it just like kind of filling my heart with joy to say yeah i love hearing human success stories like that um but it's just like on a wider thing you're so right because ireland and it's something i've touched on a few times with this podcast because it's something i care i'm very passionate about but ireland really is a very sex negative and shame culture it i personally feel it's linked to our history with the catholic church and even though the church itself isn't as widespread as it used to be that culture of shame and negativity around sex and sexuality is still unfortunately quite pervasive which is like why as you said you would have had that information kind of fed to you about what was wrong and what was dirty when it came to sex workers and stripping and that's kind of what would have like fueled the um, perception that you you used to hold and it's just so hard to fight that conditioning that we have (laughs) when we're growing up in this culture within Ireland and yeah you're right there's just so many so much bad messaging so much kind of binary or either this or that and it's all it's all bullshit all absolute bullshit <laughs> so totally and i think um kind of like as part of that um like kind of growth um like i want to like kind of maybe like um ask you like what's like on a wider thing what's your own kind of like relationship with like feminism and kind of that type of movement like was that something that you also kind of like grew into and changed like your attitudes might have changed over time or was it something that you were always quite passionate about Mm, yeah that's a great question um and i've been thinking about that since you um put it to me as to all these will be the themes we'll be talking about um in advance of this um podcast so yeah um I mean, like, I'd like to think that I've always been someone who identifies as a feminist, like, 
going back to being kids, you know, I really loved the Spice Girls growing up. <laughs> and really like all about girl power and, you know, I've been lucky that I've had parents who've like always been very encouraging me to like, you know, follow follow your dreams and do what you want to do and don't do something just because everybody else is doing it, like, you know, think for yourself mm. kind of thing, um, which has been great. But uh, yeah, like I think I've definitely grown a lot and I think it's important to say to say that I'm still growing. Um, I think that we all have a lot more to learn and unlearn. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to what I was saying earlier about, yeah, like being 19, starting pole dancing and like a massive twerp. <laughs> like, yeah, I think we just all need to get a little bit more, not necessarily humble, but a bit more maybe honest with ourselves and mm-hmm. be like, you know what, it's okay to be wrong about things and to learn and move on and, and to make amends. Like, it's grand. You don't have to know everything. It's grand to make a mistake and fuck up as long as you do your best to, to rectify that later on. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I've always been a feminist, but um, I know I've had some very problematic, <laughs> like that in particular, like, you know, being quite oh, squarely, like that was definitely not feminist, which I realize now. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to think that it's something that I'm constantly working on and trying to improve. But just, yes, it's just because I care about people and the world and want to be more fair. Yeah, and at the end of the day, that's like, I think... Um, that when it comes to like feminism or just kind of like any form of like activism like that's what it is like it's I don't think you can ever anyone who kind of says I've done all the work there's no more I can improve is lying to themselves because I think that's the import like that's the thing is we're acknowledging that there's always more to learn we're always growing and yeah I think that's something I've personally encountered is that like particularly within kind of like the leftist circles and kind of like social justice circles and stuff like that there's almost like so much additional pressure that like the community kind of almost puts on itself to like never be wrong about anything as in like you're you're a failure of the human if you've got something wrong or if you've held a bad view rather than being able to kind of allowed to kind of have like you know negative views but noticing and that it was negative and growing past it I think something I don't know if you're familiar with um Brene Brown if you've ever listened to Brene Brown's Unlocking Us podcast it's one of my favorites to listen to and she is just phenomenal um but there's something that she repeatedly says and it's something that I try to hold as like a mantra as well but it's I'm not here to be right I'm here to get it right you know in the sense that like we're never trying to say we are right it's more that we want to make sure we're doing the right actions like that's kind of like I think a personal mantra and I think it's the best way to be a feminist or any form of an activist is just knowing when you've got it wrong and learning from that and rectifying any potential damage um so kind of yeah, uh, I think I think so. That's why I try to carry it. Um, so kind of linked to that. Um, so that was kind of like more kind of like your your relationship with um, like feminism, kind of like how you've um, relationship throughout your life to it. But more on like maybe on a more personal level. But what does feminism or being a feminist mean to you? Mm, yeah, it's a really big question, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I love my big questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 
I could talk at length about this. <laughs> we might need a longer podcast. Uh, but to answer your question, um, yeah, like being a feminist to me, I think it is a word that is still, and I kind of get a bit like mind blown sometimes that people still don't understand like what feminism means. Like, oh, does it mean you're a man hater? <laughs> like, no, obviously not. It doesn't mean that we're trying to elevate you know, and say that women are better than men, like, again, it comes back to that kind of binary choice. Mm. Of like, you know, here's a radical idea. How about, like, we all get the same, you know, equity and equal opportunities? Like, isn't that a mad concept? And to me, that's what feminism is about. It's about, you know, raising the standards for everyone and recognizing that there are massive uh, injustices and inequality based on the... Uh, social construct that is gender so um, mm. yeah and just doing everything that we can to be aware of the pitfalls and try to just make the world a better place for everybody that's what it means to me I love that and I think that I'd be very in similar and in, in line with that definition I think it's also as well um, you know feminism that isn't intersectional isn't feminism like like exactly. like 100 percent. that's definitely something i'm a big advocate for as well and yeah that age-old uh aren't you a man-hater i can't stand that um type of argument um but also as well like you know it's i think it, that's the reason why there is so much pushback against feminism because they're just like you want to you know make the world a worse place for men it's like no (laughs) but in order to make the world a more equitable place for everyone that isn't a man that's going to require taking a bit of power away from men and that's a good thing it's just most men don't want to relinquish that power so that's why there's a lot of pushback against feminism and any form of activism that seeks to make the world a more better and equitable place and so unrelated well kind of related to feminism but like in the realm of making things more equitable and fair and inclusive how important to you is creating a pole community that is inclusive of all body sizes genders and also races and ethnicities as well Mm, yeah to me it would be massively important um and yeah like i'm a a cis straight white woman so for me it's important to just see that there is more to feminism and there's more to intersectionality than maybe you know my own lived experience Mm. and i think that that's something that we all need to be aware of and again just listen ask questions or like do some reading like just be aware of what's going on in the world around you and don't expect all the answers to be given to you but um yeah and something like pole dancing for me it's a great tool or it has been a really useful way for me to step into my power and my sexuality Mm. sensuality and just live a more yeah just live life more on my own terms i suppose um and to question what's going on around me in the world um so yeah i think for me it would just be i feel like it's unfair to have maybe a business that doesn't welcome all people when you're doing something that's a little bit subversive like pole dancing is a bit Mm. like oh my god pole dancing (laughs) (laughs) so like why would you not do your best to make it more welcoming to to the people that um how do i say this i'm kind of fumbling over my words now but uh 
yeah, I just don't see why you wouldn't do everything in your power to make it a welcoming space for people of all genders and sizes and, and all of this, because we're all not immune to these bullshit ideas about sexuality and all of that. So, yeah, uh, the way I see it is that everybody is welcome at my studio if that's something that they want to step into and they want to learn more about these things, as well as just learn some cool, you know, pole movements and have a great laugh. Um, yeah, it should be a safe environment for all. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that so much. And I wholeheartedly agree as well. Like I've only recently started my own pole journey with uh, the House of Pole Studio in Bray because it's very close to my own hometown. So it's easy to get to. And yeah, it's the same type of like, it's about creating a safe and very inclusive atmosphere. And like, you know, myself as a non-binary person who previously believed they were a cis man i was wrong um, but um, that is my identity so it it's always something that i'm always um kind of apprehensive and nervous about approaching spaces that would typically be considered and viewed as like women and femme spaces like I always kind of am kind of apprehensive going will I be welcome here is this somewhere I belong am I invading like that's something that comes in and thankfully all those fears and thoughts were sent out the window straight away and I was made feel extremely welcome but I think like I love knowing that there are studios like yours like the one I'm attending and then even in the UK I know that Beanie, who I've had on the podcast as well, and um, her studio is also super. Oh, I love Beanie; she's just amazing. Um, and then Ava with the Taboo Pole Show. Like, there is more people out there that are trying to create this more inclusive and welcoming spaces, which is so important. And I think I wonder, like, how if you'd uh, think possibly think the same. But for me, I look at like pole dancing and burlesque um those type of like performance arts i kind of view it in almost this like the same side of the coin as say like drag in the sense that we get this one image of who drag is for cis gay men they're the only ones that are allowed to do drag because we get that kind of gentrified messaging through the popularity of say rupaul and stuff like that whereas drag is for everyone of any gender it's a art form anyone can do it and i think it's the same for like say burlesque and pole is that we get this one image of who it's for and it's usually straight-sized cis white women whereas like no those faces can also be inclusive of all body sizes all genders and i love that there are people out there like yourself that are pushing that message it's wonderful to see and but i'm wondering do you think would you kind of view pole as like almost like a a sister to kind of like drag and stuff like that or would you kind of view them as two different like polar opposite things yeah i would definitely agree that it, it is an art form in its own right and you're absolutely correct in that it is dominated by um uh, cis white women of a particular how would you say like body type yeah. <laughs> um, even though like a huge amount of the work that has gone into creating pole dancing into the um uh like pursuit that it is today like has been done by uh, people of color and mm. you know a lot of strippers would be people of color so i think that has to be acknowledged as well but it has somehow become dominated by a, 
And burlesque, I feel, is the same. Like, you have this image of, like, or it tends to be dominated by the same kind of people, like cis uh, white women of a particular body type. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that as well. Like, you know, I, th- this is the body I have, you know, like, it's, <laughs> I can't really help the fact that I am one of those people. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, I think it is inclusive of, of all people, and th- especially with um, burlesque, well, and pole as well. Like, I've had the experience to meet all kinds of people from pretty early on in my pole dancing uh, journey or career as you would say which also again like opened my little teeny tiny <laughs> irish uh, brain <laughs> into uh, to all of this wonderful stuff that it is and and yeah like there are lots of different types of people doing pole dancing and doing burlesque they may not be the mainstream type but um mm. yeah i think it's important for people to know that and it's something i do get asked um, the odd time like oh hey Arlene like can you recommend some uh, you know pole dancer accounts of this kind of a person or that mm. whatever um, and it's like yeah there, there's tons of them um, I also get asked a lot in almost every single interview as well like oh but like men can pole dance too right and I think they usually mean like straight uh, cis white guys <laughs> I think what they're like getting at when I get asked that question it's like yeah of course they can like <laughs> men can do whatever they want really in this world. <laughs> yeah but, uh, that's <laughs> yeah like being dead honest but like um yeah like why not like everybody is welcome to do this cool thing and why should it be limited by uh such narrow uh, constraints no exactly and um like i think as well like that was something uh that i think just by being myself, uh, existing as this non-binary former man, whatever gender is messy. Um, but the person I am, kind of like, it, again, that messaging of like, typical mask or men, the only type of like, stripping me- imagery or messaging that I'd ever seen was like the chiseled abs magic mic stuff like i'd never seen anything to do with men on like a pole like in the graceful kind of almost like ballet-esque movements that you see from some of the fabulous pole dancers and uh i'd never seen that with like men or masculine people it only been that kind of like magic mic style stripping so i love again when you just see men that are subverting that that are rejecting that rigid idea of this is you know this is the only type of stripping that men can do like you know men can do anything same as women can do anything it's all open to everyone gender is a construct and it's bullshit (laughs) and um i love seeing people of any type of gender that are just engaging in different types of art forms to subvert what gender can look like and so i love when you and seeing stuff like that um but kind of touching on you said like kind of again you you start when you started into your pole journey and also as well like the reason that you kind of like previously might have held some form of like swerfy ideas was because of your own relationship with like you know your own sex and sexuality so i was just wondering like how transformative was pole for you on like a personal level like your own relationship with yourself and your body Mm, yeah oh gosh um (laughs) i suppose i should start at the start so i started pole dancing in 2006 and 
I was only 19 when I started, so mm-hmm. like quite young, and I hadn't done any sport um, beforehand. Because you know the way again in Ireland we have this kind of uh, like thing growing up where you're sporty and you do GAA or or you do Irish dancing or you are more of a book kind of person and maybe like I was good at art like art was what you know I was into so therefore I was not doing any sport and that mm. was just you know the <laughs> the message that I believed about myself to be true and was hearing from people around me and teachers and whatnot um so yeah I was in art college and I suppose I always held that sort of like view like oh I want to be you know different and not following the mainstream thing and like just doing something for the sake of being different was me <laughs> to a T. <laughs> like you know to the degree, degree of like being a fan of the arctic monkeys until they got famous and it's like oh i'll never be famous anymore i don't like them like i, I am that person <laughs> i still have to a degree like i am quite pretentious and i'm happy to say that i think it probably comes across in my social media as well <laughs> Um, so yeah, like I had been doing some like yoga classes really poorly because I was trying to manage, um, like my stress and all of that. Hmm. Um, and just trying to do something to keep fit now that I was, you know, nearing adulthood. So, um, yeah, my then yoga teacher was saying that she was, um, bringing this new thing called pole fitness, which would be a new workout and yay, it was going to be the first of its kind in my hometown of Drogheda and you know who would be interested to join and i thought yeah like that would be that sounds kind of fun Mm. and (laughs) like weirdly (laughs) enough like having seen films like sim city and that kate moss um music video with the white stripes where she was pole dancing like i had this image of myself in my head as being this like really cool like arty chick you know like with my hair blowing everywhere and like swinging around this pole like in slow motion um I just thought it would be really badass and I guess I wanted to have some of that like just really invincible badass I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about me kind of energy hmm. um, so yeah I got into it out of curiosity more than anything and I just really enjoyed it and felt like oh okay actually dancing is a lot of fun and I seem to have a I don't want to say like that I was naturally good at it because that's a lie <laughs> if you look at some of my earlier videos um, yeah i guess i just felt myself like oh my god like i can see myself dancing on a stage when i do this like i can feel how my body wants to move with the music and Mm. that there is a dancer within me that wants to come out and express my creativity in this way um yeah so i guess at first it was a bit of a, a weird journey of like being in an environment where there was very much a hashtag not a stripper rhetoric Mm. and this like needing to like almost prove ourselves um even to people who would be asking like you know just friends like oh you're doing that stripping thing like no, no, it's not stripping it's a workout and just being that kind of argumentative type of person almost like wanting to have arguments with people about it hmm. uh, <laughs> <weirdly> enough <laughs> so yeah i guess for me like it like after a while when youtube was invented like later on that year and then all these videos of pole dancing start appearing on the internet and you have the likes of uh, Felix Kane and the Miss Pole Dance Australia competition where, yeah, like they're just doing crazy cool tricks and doing it in heels and being really badass and sexy um, because they've all been trained by Bobby, who was an amazing pole dance legend and has contributed so much to the pole dance world. 
so yeah i guess i was looking at that and being like oh my god like they're just so cool but also god i'm a little bit afraid of them and i feel the need to judge them like you know oh why do they have to wear the heels and mm. just kind of like oh my god she's wearing such a tiny bikini i can see her butt <laughs> <laughs> like you know you have all those ideas in your head and the need to like judge because like we are living in a, or at least i feel like i was living in a society where i was made to judge other women and to be like in competition with them or something mm. so uh, yeah i guess eventually curiosity got the better of me and i was like right fuck this like i'm not getting any better here at my current studio like i've learned all that i can learn and i'm just not digging this vibe anymore hmm. um that i just naturally went to seek out other people overseas and um like train with them and start to have my uh hashtag not a stripper ideology challenged and move on to bigger and better things um so yeah it's been a slow journey i would say um like, I only got my first pair of heels after, like, pole dancing for about four years. <laughs> so, yeah, a bit of a slow burn. But now I just can't imagine myself um, not dancing in heels because they just make me feel... Like, I feel like a goddess. I, I know that kind of sounds a bit cheesy, but, like, I feel taller. It just makes me stand differently, which I really like because I'm also only five foot tall. So it's nice to be like oh that's what the weather is like up here <laughs> in like normal people size land <laughs> so uh, yeah and it just it helped me to move my pelvis in a much better way which has helped me to just feel more confident in my own skin and be like yeah like i can you know move my pelvis and it's okay the world is not going to fall apart just because i'm dancing a way that might be perceived as sexy and i don't have to explain myself to anyone like i can enjoy this it's all good um and i yeah i'm on a really long spiel now <laughs> no i love it and it's, i'm just like loving letting you talk and and say your pieces um it's fantastic and yeah no everything you're saying it's like um again i'm only at the very baby step start of my pole journey um but combined with like getting into pole but also when i was doing um burlesque classes as well it's just like kind of like amazing to me how these like because like they're they are they're art forms in their own right and um, these type of like performance art and dance like it's amazing to me how it just kind of makes you feel more connected with your body like I know like at least it has for me anyway like I know for myself and um, particularly before I realized that I was not binary I had so many kind of like body issues I used to like just hate my body like particular parts of my body just couldn't stand it always wanted a different type of body and the kind of timing of realizing oh my gender isn't what I thought it was that kind of like helped like chip away at that um, negative body thoughts I had because I realized that a lot of the negativity was this is the way a man is supposed to look and I wasn't living up to that image now that I've kind of rejected like that gender idea I'm just like I am me there is no way for me to look because I'm the only me so <laughs> I can look for whichever way but then getting into burlesque and now also with pole as well, I'm like realizing my body can move in ways I didn't know was ever possible before. 
like um I was always someone who like you know when it would always there there's always people who are like oh no I can't dance can't dance I can't do that that was always me I was always the can't dance but now I'm just like my body can move in those ways and I just love letting the music kind of just take over my body and just moving to music so on that how like like and also kind of you talked about as well about you know being a big fan of the arctic monkeys until they got famous um how like important is music to you in your life has it been something that's always been important to you or did like your relationship with music kind of change when you discovered pole thing and yeah that was a really beautiful share about yeah what you're saying about your body image and yeah it was just really lovely and moving and i think you're right in that like there is only one of you and that was something that one of my teachers uh used to say as well like there's only going to be one of you in all of space and time so yeah like just remember that and don't compare yourself to other people like you move like the way you move and that's an unalterable fact <laughs> um i like your yeah, teacher okay. <laughs> yeah total badass um yes music oh god yeah i'm such a music nerd um i've also grown up in a house where music is just like a massive part of our lives and always has been um mm. my dad is a sound engineer and um and he's a radio presenter so like even growing up um like our whole upstairs kind of was like a converted attic and there was just like vinyl records like just all over the floor like you couldn't really walk up there like it was a mess for like most of my early childhood of just like my dad's record collection like everywhere um so yeah i guess yeah my sister got into like heavy metal music and from there like because being the little sister um i just kind of adopted like her taste and wanted to be like her and then she was in a band as well and i was briefly in a band as well before i started pole dancing oh. um i didn't have time to keep it all up so I was like right i love pole dancing so the music is gonna have to take a back seat um but yeah i guess like rock music is what i'm into and indie rock in particular like all of that pretentious uh shoegaze and post-punk stuff is it, it resonates with me on a soul level hmm. um yeah that's what i like to pole dance to and i think people often think it's a bit maybe unusual that i'm dancing to yeah like shoegazy post-punky stuff and maybe not um i don't know music that's a bit slower perhaps hmm. um i love it i love depressing music it just makes me feel really sexy to be moving to like a depressing guitar-y whiny kind of song i love it I don't no. know why. <laughs> no, I get that. Like I get that as well. Like I for me, uh just when it comes to like music, like I'm like like uh the art that I like to do I guess is like writing. Like I definitely would consider myself someone who loves to write. Like that's one of my main passions. So when it comes to listening to music, I need music that's like lyrically based. Like I can appreciate like instrumental music I can appreciate it for the artistry and the talent of it and kind of be like yeah that's it I can tell the skill that went into composing this piece of music but it never really speaks to me as much as like uh the combination of lyrics and music like a, a song like that's what speaks to me so yeah I kind of like the same as well there is something about 
like that type of style of rock music that almost as you said depressed like that that type of almost depressing whining guitar yeah i i agree in that sense like i think when it comes to the music that i like to just dance around to when i'm on my own and stuff like that it would be very similar it's definitely like the kind of more rock type of style is where i'd be i have a very eclectic music taste in that i'll listen to pretty much anything but when it comes to the songs I like to move to, a lot of it is that same type of style. Um, but moving on to something different, and um, it's kind of a question I was thinking of, because this episode that we're doing now is going to be the first in this series I'm doing, which is kind of, I want to like look into and focus on kind of like feminism, but also just kind of women and womanhood in Ireland particularly so I kind of like want to know for yourself like did pole kind of help like change your relationship to like femininity and womanhood like as an Irish woman as an Irish femme person or did it have any impact at all <laughs> mm, I would say it definitely has had an impact um yeah I guess I would have been quite shy um and definitely underweight before I started cold dancing um I guess yeah but being really young as well like obviously in 15 years your body is going to change like a lot during that time mm -hmm. um and also your perception of the world as you just naturally start to like move through life as well I don't want to say age because that just sounds kind of weird but um yeah like obviously in 15 years you're going to see massive progress um no matter what you're doing but I'd like to think that with pole like it really has yeah like I don't it, like a quantum leap as such as to where I was then versus where I am now I'm obviously still the same person but I don't see myself or the world in a different way or what it means to be an Irish woman um yeah i think that i could be wrong and it could just be like my own um like little happy pole dancing bubble that i live in and lefty liberal land over here but i think that ireland has changed and is changing a lot for the better and what it means nowadays to be an irish woman or even just like an irish person of any sort is that we are becoming more open to the idea of equality and um of there being more than two genders what <laughs> we're slowly moving away from all these tired old ideas and especially like sexuality as well i think like that's a massive way to disempower mm. is by shaming sex and shaming anything pleasurable really like it's just a great way to control like you know genius way of controlling people isn't it like when you really think about it like that is such a great way if you want to like <laughs> control wealth and control assets and all of that kind of bullshit stuff like do it by making sex such a negative thing and by shaming people um so yeah i think we're hopefully could be wrong um but moving towards a place where we're now able to just be okay with sex being a thing that is normal and necessary yeah no um i definitely would agree i do think we are moving in the right direction i still feel like somehow sex um not even like sexuality but literally just 
sex being sexual that still feels almost like the last hurdle for Irish society and I don't know just like it feels like it is there's a lot to do but just as a generally like kind of progressing as a nation as a people I do think we are changing and we've seen a lot of change like if you just look at the fact that in the 90s it was illegal to be gay um so like like, isn't that insane (laughs) exactly like you know in my lifetime like i'm born in 92 so like in yeah i'm I'm still a baby yeah Uh, i'm still a baby i'm not at all close to 30 um but um but no like uh, in my lifetime alone the fact that we've gone from homosexuality being something that was criminalized being legalized divorce being legalized then homeless like gay marriage same-sex marriage being legal like all that like so much leaps and bounds within like historically like a very short amount of time um so we are seeing a lot of progression and then even the fact that there are now lgbt like organizations that like are going into schools to talk about queerness like when I was in school that wasn't even (laughs) something that happened so we are seeing a lot of progression and it's lovely to see and I definitely think uh just the young people in Ireland there's a bright future if they're the ones that get into power (laughs) so I definitely think we are progressing in the right way but I do think for some reason sex is that one thing it's like that last hurdle like um because at the moment any form of sexual education in schools is still very very limited in the sense that it's very biologically essentialist in the sense Mm. this is what this body part goes into this body part and that's what makes a baby that's the only thing they talk about sex there's no touching on consent emotional literacy queerness none of that features into our sexual education programs at the moment so there's definitely a lot of changes that we can and progress that's yet to be seen but I do agree I do think generally as a people as a nation we are moving in the right direction which is good now we just need to get uh, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael out of our government and make housing affordable and then maybe we'll actually be a country people can live in But that's a whole other two-hour-long podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's like, oh, where do you even start with that? Because, I don't know, like, even if we get them out, it's like, well, who, yeah, exactly. who's going to do the heavy lifting here? Like, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, we need, I don't know, just more people, really, generally speaking, in politics. That would be great. Just more to choose from would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, And, yeah, it's like... <laughs> just like talk, speaking about as like a country as people of all genders like we are progressing but at the same time it feels like any progression is being stilted because any of the fabulous young people that like in the activist circles like anyone who like you can see like they're the people who are driving who could drive this country forward they're just being driven out of the country because it's unlivable for like like I know for myself I'm very grateful that I'm a Canadian citizen through my father so I'm already planning on 
<laughs> jumping ship once once I can have enough put away to do that because I literally just can't see a future outside of my family home in Ireland and I kind of don't want to be 30 living at home <laughs> so yeah that's a again that's a bit of a trauma dump sorry listeners um but yeah, yeah it's... I think you have a really great point there and sorry to get across you but uh yeah, like, I've been in the same boat as well, because I graduated in 2009 when the arsehole, like, properly <laughs> fell out of the country, and... Oh, yeah. Like, there were no recovery plans, there were, like, the, it was just normal, crappy social welfare, like, things were bad. Um, during my final year of college, our tutors were like, um, you'd want to start filling in your applications to go to Canada and Australia, because there will be no jobs for you and they were right <laughs> so uh, yeah like i think i was i was 29 when i moved out of home so like it wasn't actually that long ago and same as well like i just couldn't imagine there being a future here um but at the same time i think it's different now than it was back then like thankfully we were economically in a place where i think not that it was it was definitely like really difficult for me to start up a business um, mm. but i feel like nowadays and i could be wrong but it just seems like it's much harder now like there's less opportunity for people to start up businesses because like the rents are just so flipping ridiculous like yeah yeah, yeah. Know, we had a bit of that back then like it was hard to get into spaces but like relatively speaking they were way cheaper than what they are like going for now so um exactly yeah because i think i urge people to stay but at the same time it's like well things are <laughs> and if you can leave then i guess you should i just didn't have the option i was too poor yeah i think that was the problem for a lot of people back then as well and um, so actually just um jumping off that what you mentioned there tell me a bit more just in general about like what it was like starting the business starting your business irish pole dance academy like tell me a bit like because like, you've talked about like kind of your own personal journey with pole itself and what it's done for you but like from that aspect what was that like starting a business as you said it was during a very kind of like economically scary time so that alone must have been a bit of a scary journey but just in general like what was it like starting this business and how great is it to see where it is now have imagined I think back when I started and what my vision was for what I wanted it to be like it definitely has surpassed that thankfully um and yeah I guess I will caveat this by saying like I was very fortunate that I just moved back into my, my parents in Louth because I didn't really have a choice like I was on the dole mm. with a degree that there was now unfortunately no jobs available in graphic design so uh yeah so I was on social welfare welfare for a good while and um they did have a scheme where you could start your own business and um like they'd give you kind of help and uh tutorship or mentorship i suppose is the correct word for it and uh woo, the amazing sum of one thousand euros which to me was like oh my god so much money um to like start your own business if you're unemployed for a certain amount of time um so i used that to start the business and um like i used that money to buy my poles um i wasn't paying too much rent at home because i was living with my parents way thanks mom and dad <laughs> um, 
so yeah I started it was 10 years ago um, I just didn't feel like posting about it this year because I was too depressed during lockdown to be like woohoo mm. celebrating 10 years of business <laughs> in lockdown fuck that <laughs> so yeah that's understandable <laughs> yeah like, oh god bad buzz so it was March 2011 when I set up the business and I first started with um I don't know how I had the energy to do this, but I used to teach classes in Galway City. I had a room that I rented there by the hour. I'd put up my poles and take them down. Um, and then I had a room in Dublin that I was renting by the hour. So I would teach classes there midweek in Dublin. Put up my poles, teach her the hours, take them down. Go to Galway at the weekend, do the same. Um, and yeah, I was doing that for a really long time before it finally reached... Um, that critical mass where I was able to open two like proper locations mm. um, the one that I have now in Dublin is the same and I had a location in Galway as well for a number of years and it started to grow and then I was able to like hire people to help me out like one day a week and then that grew so now I have like a team of um, I have five instructors now that work for me which is amazing so yeah and then Galway people are like oh what about Galway you mentioned Galway I don't see Galway anymore on the website yeah um, it got to a stage where things were just getting too busy and mm. I guess I'd be the victim of my own success of like wow like this has grown way bigger than what I can mentally and emotionally manage and I'm just getting really tired mm. um, so yeah I sold that one back in 2017 and have been focusing on Dublin and online ever since um i started teaching online back in 2019 funnily enough like before all this <laughs> shit kicked off so uh yeah i just saw it as an opening like do you know what this would be great to teach people over in other countries who say they want to learn from me from instagram so i was really glad that i started that early and was thankfully well versed in by the time uh, by the time everything <laughs> happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh god um so yeah i plan on keeping that going like yeah as long as I'm able to, I, I plan on teaching online for folks around the world. But uh, yeah, it's just really cool now to have a studio um, in a really nice location and to have really cool people working for me as well. Like some of them are either former or current sex workers. And um, one of my staff members is a, uh, I don't know if you can say former refugee, I'm not sure what the correct word is, but he's been through the asylum seeker process and now like mm. a, a person uh, based here in Ireland. So, uh, yeah it, it makes me really happy to be able to give other people work from something that was born out of me not being able to get a job and like being on the dole so uh yeah i i find that very satisfying oh that's oh that's just like you know that's just like such a beautiful fantastic uh uplifting story and also as well congratulations on 10 years because that's just amazing in general so yes massive congratulations on that hopefully you'll be able to actually have a proper big celebrate the 10 years soon and um, so hopefully that gets to happen for yourself but yeah no that's such such a wonderful story and i just loved that last bit where you were saying like that you're now able to give people work after where it started from like that's such a beautiful like almost like hollywood story <laughs> i love that <laughs> but no that's beautiful Stay tuned for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> don't, you're like don't give me notions <laughs> but no i love that that's fantastic and yeah just everything about that is just wonderful and especially i think as well the fact that 
it started during such a tough time. Like, I love hearing about success stories that came from such... Like, because that was, like... I don't know... I think anyone I know in Ireland has some form of dark memories from that time. I don't know anyone who didn't struggle in some way during those years. So, like, just from my own age group and older, younger... So hearing success stories of businesses that started then and are still going is just wonderful because um, you don't hear that many success stories. A lot of people have started businesses but then couldn't keep it going, um, which is unfortunate. So it's lovely to hear that it was a success story for you. And um, yeah, no, everything about that is fantastic. And I think um, that's kind of bringing us up close to the hour now. And I think that's a wonderful place to kind of like end almost the story is wonderful uplifting story of your own so before i let you go i would just like to firstly ask two questions and then i'll ask you to plug where people can find you so the first question is what is something that is currently giving you joy oh Oh, wow. I'm really put on the spot now. Um, yeah. I... Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Feel free to edit this. <laughs> Something that is currently bringing me joy. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. A lot of things bring me joy. <laughs> if I'm allowed to say more than one thing. Yeah. Anything. Um, whatever. I love to hear it. <laughs> Coffee, I really love coffee and during the lockdowns I learned how to make my own like I call it wanker coffee because I'm my friends call me coffee wanker, like you know, like it, it's a blunt white and it's you know, oh my god, it tastes of this and has notes of that. Uh, <laughs> so I learned how to brew my own coffee properly and I'm really, really proud of that. I look forward to every day like getting all my little coffee equipment out and getting the water temperature right and all of that so that brings me joy and also yeah like just dancing for myself again hmm. um i think during the lockdown it was nice for me to have like time to do other people's online lessons hmm. and i have a pole at home which i had barely used um i was only really using it to like plan my lessons and whatnot and it was nice to just not be um, spending so much time commuting and to have time to use it and to almost be like forced into a like okay we're in lockdown you have this pole like now go and create art with it so yeah like I'm just really enjoying moving more than I ever have and I'm just almost surprising myself with how much I still enjoy pole dancing even after all this time that I've spent on learning new things and finding new possibilities with it um so yeah, that excites me a lot. I love that. And also as well, I also got into the buzz of making coffee at home as well. So I love that. I don't think I've gone as far as figuring out water temperature. I'm still cheating and just doing it, the milk quickly in the microwave because I'm pressed at lunchtime at work. <laughs> but I know I have my own milk frother and I do the frothing the milk and I make a cappuccino for my mom and I, so it's a daily routine. So yes, coffee also brings me daily joy. Um, and I love that you're able to, as you said, that was beautiful, the way you said that, you're able to just dance for yourself again. That was really 
Um, I love that imagery, really touching. Um, and second question um, is, what is something that you're just hopeful for about the future? What's something that's making you hopeful for the future? Yeah, what a week to ask that. Question. Oh yeah, true. I know. Yeah, a bit of a. <laughs> There's been a lot happening, so maybe it's not the most apt week to ask. <laughs> true that. Um, under normal circumstances, uh, I yeah, I feel like, and again, I could be wrong again. Like over here, and like, yay, lefty liberal, you know, rainbows and wonderful stuff. Um, I feel like the world hopefully has turned a corner where we are becoming more aware of stuff like climate change and looking after the planet and looking after each other and ourselves mm. um i'd like to think that especially over the last um what a year and a bit now that we've been learning that the rate and pace that we were doing things is just not sustainable i know that even from myself that i've been a victim of this like hustle culture mm. kind of thing where like look at how busy i am i hardly ever sleep aren't i great don't i get a gold star <laughs> that like it's just not making anyone happy and you know we're ruining our bodies and ruining the planet and just being generally you know not miserable and living the best lives that we could be living so yeah i'd like to think that hopefully we've all learned something and that everybody is still invested in being kinder to each other more considerate and yeah just not being dicks <laughs> yeah i way. think that's a simplistic way to put it is can we just all stop being dicks that'd be great yeah i i can endorse <laughs> and get behind that message as well if people could be less dicks that would be good um yeah no i'm 100 agree and i feel the same i i i'm hopeful for the same um whether how long it takes to see it that's left to be answered but i am hopeful for the same just in general like i know for myself when I, like i'm a success story of gender in the sense that the lockdown made me realize the person i really am and i know it did the same for a lot of people there's a lot more people who've kind of questioned gender during the lockdown so there's definitely been a lot of transformation during the last 18 months so yeah i do i th i'm hopeful for the same going forward in the future so before i let you go where can people find you on social media if you want to be found so um, I'm pretty much only using Instagram at the moment. Um, you can find me at Arlene Caffrey, just my name, and my studio stuff can be found be found at Irish Pole Dance Academy. I'm on Facebook. I never really use it, so yeah, kind of a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I think put me on there. I don't even know that many people that use it anymore. Except I, the only reason I still have it is is connected to family in Canada who are all older and use that more than anything else but yeah I don't really know many people that use Facebook that much and um, yeah I think Instagram is where most people are but that is perfect and I'll also link it in the show notes and I just want to say thank you again for chatting with me I've had an absolutely wonderful time oh great and thanks so much as well it's been a really fun conversation and I hope that everybody listening to it enjoys it as much as that we've been enjoying talking to each other 